Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. Amazing. Last week we started this series which is all built around uh, one of our family values and it's this, let's go. And it's all about mission. And you'll remember, hopefully, last week while I was speaking, I uh, helped us understand this by realising actually when we go, we have to go lights on. And we were all saying, lights on, let's go, lights on, let's go, lights on, let's go. And uh, that hasn't changed this week. We're just going to expand on that idea and hopefully learn something new that will help us to go, let's go, lights on. Are you ready? Are we all together now? Great. Okay. So uh, Matthew 5 and verse 16 uh, is the verse that we are building this series around. And it says this, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. That's what we want to do. We don't want to be somebody that puts a lamp on a lampstand and then covers it over with a a basket. That's the daftest thing in the world to do. I mean, by all means, put on a lampshade so it's not glaringly obvious, but don't put the light under something so that you the light's on, but you can't tell that the light's on because it's all covered up. No, we're going to be a people that say, let's go, light's on. And this is what this word is saying. It's saying so that people can see your good deeds and not glorify your good deeds and how amazing you are, but actually get saying, come and see the good deeds and glorify your father in heaven that's why we live lights on yeah Uh, have you ever um been um to like a museum or like a place where there's like uh reenactments going on have you ever seen those things you know like some people literally spend their whole weekends like reenacting like the battle of the Somme and like 1066 they all they do these crazy things where they all get dressed up in all the gear and they go out and they pretend to be in the battle and they do it the way that it's been recorded in history and it's like what a wild weekend not one for me but you go for it that's amazing uh, but have you ever been to like a museum and uh, you're walking around the museum and as a kid I remember going to like you know little museums and stuff not necessarily like the ones in London that are really decent but you know the ones that you end up going on on holiday because there's nothing else to do the Cornish ones <laughs> I've been to Bodmin jail uh, you know all those those types of things and uh, you go um you go into these things and as a kid you're like wow that's so cool and like you see and there's usually like figures and stuff that are like supposed to be the character and it's just like a reenactment of those characters. And when you're a kid, that's really amazing. But have you been back to them since you're an adult? And you go, what in the world? Like, who dressed this mannequin up? And why do I believe it? Like, it's like, it's a nice idea. I can see what you're trying to do. But let's be honest, that is a poor replica of the real thing. Have you ever been to those places? Or is it just me being super judgmental about these ugly mannequins that are supposed to be like Queen Elizabeth or something? Uh, It's wild. It's a good good replica, but it's just a reenactment. And I want to encourage you today 
that your story is not a reenactment of something. It's not a poor reenactment of something that God has done for you, but it is the real thing. You are not a replica. Your life is not a replica. It's not a dodgy enactment. It is your story with all the pot peaks and troughs, all the twists and the turns, all the highs and the lows. Your story is not a story that is a dodgy reenactment. It is Jesus's story being worked out within you. How cool is that? How cool is that? You are a picture of transformation. You are a picture of transformation. So what is your transformation story? What's your story where Jesus has changed things in your life? What's your story of transformation? Maybe it's from addict to recovery. Maybe it's from bitterness into forgiveness. Maybe it's that you were lost and now you're found. What is your story of transformation? You know, transformation's a funny thing, isn't it? Because it's marketed to us as being something uh, that is instant, right? An instant transformation is better marketed to us uh, in an instant, quick uh, moment. So, for example, all the, the, the faddy diets and stuff that we see uh, uh, on, like, advertised are always like, do these six exercises in six days and you will have six rock-hard abs. <laughs> That's how they market it to us. Because why? Because we want everything like that. We want to see that transformation straight away. It's like changing rooms. Have you seen changing rooms on the telly? Remember that with Lawrence Lauren and Bowen? It's made a comeback. It's the highlight of my week. Absolutely hysterical watching these silly people allow sillier people to do chaos in their homes. But we like these, these ideas where people come in and they transform the home in like a week. And it's like the quickest thing ever. And we all know that that does not happen in our homes, does it? It's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of graft and it's endless and you just finish one room and then you have to do another room it's just like the cleaning cleaning happens in one room and the minute you walk out of that room it's dirty again or is that just my time of life no okay it's everybody but we want instant results but I think we've been marketed transformation wrongly because transformation yes something changes in a moment but it also changes over time Overnight transformation sells better. People make millions out of selling the promise of transformation. But what about the process of transformation? What about the process of transformation? Because whether we like it or not, transformation isn't just an event, but it's also a process. It starts with us making a choice. And in that moment, you are experiencing transformation. But then that transformation is worked out over a process. And that is really important to remember, isn't it? Because what we're marketed as being a quick fix solution where you can have those abs in six days isn't really the right way to go about transformation. We all know that if we just eat a little less and move a little more over the next 10 years, we will be healthier than trying to do six exercises in six days. Am I right? We all know that that's the truth, but it sells much better knowing that we can do it like that. 
You know, in uh, Paul writes this, that I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has gone and the new has come. Because we all experience this transformed moment. The moment you say, Jesus, I belong to you. Come forgive me. Come and take over in my life. The moment that we say that, a transformation has taken place. The old has gone and the new has come. We have received that, that, that you are a transformed person. You were once dead in your sins. You're now alive in in Christ. That has happened. That transformation has taken place instantly. But then also on top of that, we are changing still. There is still stuff that is being transformed in us. Uh, in, In Romans 12, it's put like this. Uh, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, uh, the Bible has this idea that we are transformed. We are changed through Jesus and we are changing still. And that is called, it's this theological term and it's called sanctification. Sanctification. And this, the definition of that is this. Um, we are in the process of becoming what we are. We're in the process of becoming what we are. Paul described it as becoming a new creation. Jesus described it as new birth. But we are in a process of sanctification, embodying what we really are in Christ. You know, we see this in a number of ways. We see it in increasing faith in 2 Corinthians 10.15. We see it as building the body of Christ in Ephesians 4.11. We see it as knowing Christ in Philippians 3.10. We see it in increasing in love in 1 Thessalonians 3.12. Growing in grace and knowledge and being able to talk correctly in 2 Peter 3.18. We see all these things that are, are, are things that we own in the moment of receiving Jesus. But we are working out the process of that event that has taken place in our life. And that is called sanctification. It's this idea that we are made new and still being made new. We have been made legally righteous, but we are still being made materially righteous. So if we take Romans 12 as our understanding of, uh, our best understanding of transformation, then we understand that that it says that do not conform to the patterns of this world. So we understand that this world, what we've become accustomed to, what we've been brought up into, has a certain set of patterns that we follow. Am I right? It's just like the fact that you walking into your family home will know whether or not you are taking your shoes off before you continue on into the house because there is a pattern in your house of whether or not you take your shoes off before you walked into the rest of the house am I right you have a pattern in your household of uh, of who clears up the dishes after the meal is it the person that cooked the meal also doing the dishes or is it the person who has <laughs> dad's nodding <laughs> or is it the person who who has um who has What's the opposite? Cooked the meal. Whatever way around, I'm trying to say it. Uh, But basically, is that happening or not? You have a pattern in your household that you follow. We all have these patterns that we follow. It's like a generational thing. People speak differently depending on the way that their parents have spoken to them. The way that you bring up your kids is usually the way that you were brought up. It's this pattern that we conform to. We don't mean to. It's just the way that it is. It's the fact that in our English culture, when the football is on... We 
we all go crazy like hooligans because we are convinced that England, this is going to be our year because it's the pattern that we have conformed to. Am I right? And I, that's a really deep dive in one because let's face it, we always know we're not going to win, but we still go mental anyway. It's crazy, isn't it? But we have these patterns. So if there are patterns that we are conforming to, then perhaps there are different patterns that we could also conform to in order to see transformation take place. Maybe there's a different set of patterns that we can build our lives around. Maybe there's a different environment that we need to be in in order to build some different patterns into our world. Maybe there's some things that we've understood one way, but actually when we hold it up to the mirror that we call the um, Word of God, the Bible, there's a different pattern that we see occurring that actually I'm saying, I want to make, allow my life to be conformed to that pattern, not this pattern. I want to transform be transformed by this pattern not conform to this pattern that's called sanctification seeing those things that need to be changed that can be changed in our lives why just for our own benefit just because that's what God's told us to do or is it so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven you know the best tool for having your lights on so that other people can see this light that you have found is really simple it's allowing yourself to be transformed the best light that you can switch on in your life is taking that basket off the top of it and saying, I am being transformed. I've been transformed and I'm being transformed. Why? So that you can see this light and glorify my Father in heaven. So if there are some patterns in this world that I shouldn't conform to, then there must be some new ones that I need to be transformed by. I'm just going to share this story with you. And I, I love this story. And it's in Mark 5 and uh, verses 18 to 20. And it says this. Um, uh, basically, the story is... I'm going to skip it because it's not right on my thing. Basically... And the story is this, Jesus and the disciples land on this shore and then all of a sudden this demon possessed man who is like a wild animal who is, uh, you, they try to chain him up and, and the people try to chain him up and keep him like away from the community and, and he would be able to break these chains and he'd just be, it would say that he used to scream and cut himself with stones. This guy was like, like a wild animal and nobody knew what to do with him. Everybody was afraid of him. He was that guy who was out there and needs to be out there and away from us. And then Jesus arrives on the shore and sure enough, Jesus is like, well, you don't need to live like this anymore. <laughs> There's a transformation that can take place here. And long story short, he uh, talks to the demon and tells the demon to go and everybody cheers. And it's really cool and amazing. But it says that the people saw the difference and they were afraid. 
And then there's this moment where Jesus is just about to go again. And um, just as he was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell the Decapolis. Now, the Decapolis is the ten cities. So this man experienced this transformation and he still was being transformed. So he's had this amazing healing moment, but he is yet to be transformed even more. And he, he's like, Jesus, but I just want to be where you are. And Jesus turns around to him and says, no, take what I've given you. Take the me in you and go everywhere you can go and tell them about what I've done in your life. Let the transformation that has taken place in your life be exposed for all to see. Because you can't look at a demon-possessed man who has been cutting himself with stones and see the scars that are no longer open on his arm but healed and whole you can't look at that and go well what was that you have to go well who is that how has this happened what's taken place here what's the story his story of transformation isn't a story of shame it's not a story of, well, I used to be like this and it was awful and I want to cover up the scars on my arms and I want to cover up these. No, 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 no. He's saying, like, look at what Jesus has done and the mercy that he has shown me, this transformation that needs to take place. And he went and told 10 cities and there's a, the story goes on and Jesus returns to that area and loads of people come out to find him. I wonder why. <laughs> Because this story of transformation has taken place. And now you might not be a demon-possessed man who is wailing and shouting. But you might not have that same story. But you have significant things that have changed and transformed in your life. And it's that story of transformation that when we take the basket off the light and show people, it changes everything. I remember... My dad retold me the story of the fact that when he um, chose to follow Jesus, the first in his family, um, big family, big Cornish family, and his auntie said to him, well, a leopard never changes its spots, Stephen. Well, she, she didn't have said that like that. She would have said, well, here, boy. <laughs> a leopard, a lep- I know, a, a leopard never changes its spots. And what does that mean is, oh, yeah, you think you're different now, but you're still the same person. But she watched the transformation <laughs> and she knew the transformation had taken place. And it might have been years later until, uh, until she was like, oh, no, you really meant that when you said that that time. <laughs> But it's that kind of thing. When you make a declaration, when you make a choice, sorry, I choose to follow you, Jesus, and you choose to take the lid off that so that all man can see, there will be people that go, well, you're not going to change. Well, you haven't changed. But when that takes place, there's no going back on that. There's no going back on that. But when we allow people to see the, the fact that I'm, I'm transformed and I'm changing still. And there's still this process that is being outworked in my life. Do you know what happens? People stop and go, well, what's that about? What is that about? What is that about? 
There's something about that person. There's something about the way that person's life is. There is this thing that has changed and taken place in their life. They're, like, they're so much more generous now. Like they're, they're, in, they're more interested in me than they've ever been before and they care about me and they just seem to have this peace. You know, I remember then they used to panic about things like this and now they're not like that at all and they're being made redundant and it looks really difficult for them. But actually they just have this peace and this sense of security and they're being upfront about the fact that they feel sad about it. But, but the truth is this, they don't, they don't look as worried as they should be. Huh. Well, actually, that's because I have a confidence in a faithful God. He will never, never let me walk alone. <laughs> that's what transformation does. If the band can join me, we're going to wrap up right now. But what's your story of transformation? And this is your homework for this week is to think, well, what is my story of transformation? Jesus, show me what's the story of transformation that is taking place in my life. Look back at how far you've come, because in that instant moment where you went, Jesus, I know you're real and I choose to follow you, something changed forever. You were made a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has gone and the new has come. But we also believe that we are not conforming to the patterns that I've become accustomed to, but there's a transformation being processed out of my life I've experienced the event of salvation now I'm working that salvation out through a process and the reason why I'm working it out through a process is so that people can see my good deeds see the change that's going on within me and say there is a father in heaven and glorify him with you as well What is your story of transformation? And I'm going to pray and then Dan's going to just come wrap this thing up. And I just want to encourage you that the old has gone and the new has come. And there is a transformation that has taken place in your world that others are going to stop and stare and go, hey, what's that about? we just thank you that leopards do change their spots and that I've still got work to do and I'm still learning all about this following you Jesus but I'm not a dodgy reenactment but I'm the real deal your real story is being outworked in me and through me So God, just remind me of the transformation that's taken place in me. Remind me of the transformation that's still to take place in me. And I thank you for that. And God, I just ask for an opportunity for somebody to see that light on. As I choose every week to say, let's go, lights on and demonstrate this transformation that has taken place in me. Thank you for that, Jesus.